0: All right, bonus episode. Uh, you're listening to Joe and Lex on "Rethinking the Mundane," and we've decided to throw in an extra bonus. Extra. Bonus episode here because we've been chatting about innovation for innovation's sake. Yeah. And I, so we're I, just going to keep the conversation going. What were we chatting about?
1: I guess we were talking about the. I guess I showed you some stuff where folks are trying to address problems with AI. And one of those areas was about audio screenless, audio experience. And, and, and I guess I was talking about my interest in wanting to work in those sort of
0: spaces. spaces.
1: And I think we were talking about, you know, the human nature, sometimes our constant desire is to constantly always progress and improve things. But also sometimes, it can feel like, why are we doing this?
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, I was reading about um, Johnny Ive and uh, OpenAI's kind of billion dollar plan to create the next um, smartphone and how Ive is regretful of the level of addiction that we have with screens. And a lot of that has obviously come from the work he's done in creating you know moving the smartphone industry forwards and i think it's interesting talking about say a, a screenless uh tech using ai to bring some of that functionality in and the when you first think about it you think "Nah, that's not going to be you can't take a screen off a phone i mean it's all about content it's all about content yeah and actually then if you think about it it's like well if you could take a phone photograph with your glasses and an algorithm knew how you wanted it edited and cut and uploaded to social media then why wouldn't you just you would just press a button and then just let it let it happen mm. behind the scenes you wouldn't need to sit there and cut video and edit things for tiktok and write emails because you'd have an ai assistant that was doing that for you and so you would just be able to sit there and read a book mm. uh, on on the um on the tube like a physical book because you wouldn't you wouldn't have your screen but the but the point is i guess it raised the question of like are they the right people to do it? The people who are, and what's the real kind of motivation for doing that? What's the real benefit? Hmm. Like obviously, I can say that it's because he wants to maybe find a way of solving some of the problems that he has helped to create. But it's got to be more than that, right? We need to be yeah. we need to be thinking about. I oh. mean, you know, you've done a lot of work thinking about the next billion users of the internet and what their needs are, and. Why
1: are we designing for them? Why are they not designing for themselves? Hmm. And, and even that term, the next million users with the internet, that kind of came from McKill's sort of... We did some work with Google in the past around looking at AI and that concept for the next million users. And I, think, I remember McKill being very inspired by that. I remember we would have this back and forth debate about who are we calling the next million users? Who do we define that? Who do we define that as folks in the Global South? sign that as folks who are part of the Gen Alpha demographic. Do we define that as even the elderly? You know, my grandma's still somebody that hasn't utilized the internet. Yeah. You know, to its capacity. How do you design for her to be able to come into that? But also, you know, our whole series has been about rethinking the mundane throughout, and obviously, we've been. I guess we're both professional individuals who've worked in the space long enough not to. Talk about and and we're I guess we're designers who have value systems. Hence why when we talk about rethinking the mundane, we haven't gone into an episode to say, yes, this bin we should make a smarter bin yeah. that gives you this thing, right? Because sometimes it's like it becomes that innovation for innovation' sake. And I guess as you know, as an individual, where your job is to produce new things or to look at a world around you and go okay how can this be done better how do you try to like be careful falling into that that trap
0: it's really difficult because we work in an industry reliant on production and consumption so we without changing the entire industry yeah which would take more than just one design agency yeah we have to basically work within that framework and i would like someone else to call me out and say actually here's a way you could change that industry but i think that would mean changing capitalism and i for one think that's above my pay grade <laughs> um <laughs> but so we have got these these kind of systems these these structures and i think um the challenge is that we we have to sorry my uh, my uh, I've got to check that it's still recording. Yeah, still recording. My uh, my aunt's ninety at the weekend and she keeps calling me to make sure that I've got flowers. Oh so cute. <laughs> for um <laughs> for my mum uh, to say thank you for organizing her party. Anyway, um uh what was I gonna say, yeah, so so we've got this we've got the structure and working within these these sort of boundaries, but but actually when you when you dig down into it, you've got capitalism which then and consumerism which if we think about the way that products are sold to us it's all about uh efficiency mm. this is gonna make your life better this is gonna make this task quicker mm. this is gonna make this is gonna allow you to get fit quicker mm. or look after your health and get to you know reduce whatever it may be and it and actually the problem is, is a lot of those things are not good for us in the long term I, I believe i mean i don't think it's healthy for us to keep speeding our life up to keep be able to be more efficient, do things more efficiently. Mm. And the use of AI is a really, really good example of that in that it's all about streamlining workflows, mm. about making uh, systems more efficient so that things can be done quicker. To what end? I mean, we we're promised that the dishwasher would save us time in washing up. I honestly don't have more time in the evenings because the dishwasher, really. So I don't. I'm not saying like, oh my god, look at all this extra time I have because I don't have to wash, do the washing up. I mean, I
1: do, but <laughs> I, mean, I don't. I, I'll do
0: good but stuff. it's like, but you're still, but you're still busy. Yeah, you're I'm still, still tired. I'm still
1: tired. Yeah, I'm still
0: tired. <laughs> you're still, <laughs> tired. still rushing around all the time. Yeah, so like you just fill your life up with other things. Other things, yeah. So I, I, I guess I question innovations that are there to make our lives. Faster to, to accelerate technological kind of development, and mm. I think we're just chasing something. That yeah. I mean, how fast technology is developing a faster and faster pace. When is it going to slow down?
1: Yeah, now I think I think about it a lot when it comes to this generative AI space work now, and um, you know, and I'm trying to, I guess, figure out what's its best use case for, like. I guess from the creative practitioner perspective, what well, is the best suitcase for creatives in order to utilise these technologies, especially where a lot of these technologies are still early stage. But the unfortunate thing that happened is the hype train went so much that you almost fall into this trap of like an overpromising mm. of things. And then it's like, you know, when you really maybe sometimes want to utilise these tools really well to like achieve a creative outcome, you realize the pitfalls or the challenges and stuff and so for me i'm always like are we building technology to try to like throw it like a spaghetti in the wall and hopefully that it just sticks or something and like where is yeah where are we going where are we go this shit? Yeah. this is what i always
0: we were talking earlier about the space race and about how that really like inspired a generation and i think the thing about the space race is that there was an end point there was mm. a point in which it, we were racing to the moon well, it was a race to a destination now it feels like we're in a constant space race but we don't know where we're heading Yeah. and so it's like who can just go the furthest who can be the most outrageous or push the boundaries of you know, to the point where we're probably going to end up with creating an AI that's going to end up turning around back on us and destroying the whole oh God. of humanity I
1: yeah, yeah no, I hear it yeah no I think it's a it's an interesting space I think it's something that I hope we can spend more time talking about it. But we're also interested. This is just a bonus episode after we were speaking
0: about after bins, about
1: bins <laughs> and we thought we should do something with this. And I think one of these days we're just going to record ourselves talking for like
0: three hours, three hours. Yeah, do this... like a Joe
1: Rogan. <laughs> Alex, what's his name? Friedman? I don't even know who he is. Um, and yeah, so what is your thoughts on innovation for innovation's sake? Uh, what is your thoughts on where we're going with new technologies and how that shapes, you know, productivity, efficiency? Where are we going with this business model or this current business model of capitalism? It, does it work? Is it sustainable into into this new world? What can new models look like? Because that shapes everything. Innovation is the greatest weapon of capitalism. So, yeah, and that was a lot in a short period of time, but you're listening to Rethinking the Mundane with Joe and Lex.
0: Thanks.